it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Rich Eisen Show. I love it. That's my dude. Rich Eisen. He's a terrific communicator. I know. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. There's no LeBron and there's no Steph Curry and there's no Kevin Durant and there's no Kyrie Irving and there's no James Harden. And these are the shrug emoji NBA playoffs. The Rich Eisen Show. Earlier on the show. From NFL Films. Greg Cosell. Co-host of ESPN's Pardon the Interruption. Michael Wilbon. Coming up, actor Nick Turturro, plus actor Colin Hanks. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Hey, everybody. Hour number three of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. The Yankees getting swept in Fenway Park, and they look terrible. They look absolutely, totally mediocre. They're in fourth place in the American League East. Chris Brockman across the aisle is hey, now 6-0, and oh, his Red Sox against the Yankees this year. They have... Um, they have uh, the roost in the AL East as we are getting set to turn to July right now. They're playing really good baseball yeah. without any clear ace with Chris Sale coming back from uh, oh Tommy John surgery, expected to, to, to join maybe in July. And, yeah, you know, um, and uh, they, they're just a better team. They're a better team than the Yankees. It's a fact. The Yankees are a team that just can't put the ball in play. They strike out way too much. They have a penchant for the double play. Their ace, who the hell knows if he's spider tackless and this toothless. I mean, that is something that really is flipping Yankee fans out (laughs) quite a bit right now that they signed Garrett Cole just in time for him to become somewhat less than uh, because he doesn't have, you know, what at his disposal, what what he needed to have to get that contract. That's 300 million bucks. That might be an unfair supposition, but that's, you know, when he gives up two home runs in the first inning yesterday and the game was essentially over and your ace that's supposed to be the stopper doesn't do anything except open up the floodgates more. And, you know, um, that's what happens when you get a five-alarm fire, the Yankees are. So I figured, you know, in order to put it out, let's throw more gasoline on it and have <laughs> my buddy Nick Taturo come in studio. And he is going to join us in about 18 minutes time i guess this is his friend of rich hour because with the stanley cup final starting tonight the lightning trying to go back to back uh taking on the montreal canadien into the stanley cup final for the first time since the 93 cup final here in los angeles and there's lots of stories behind that leading into this stanley cup final is our is our friend and guest on the phone line yes he is Okay, back here on the Rich Eisen Show to talk some pucks, maybe about his Major League Baseball leading San Francisco Giants is my Emmy-nominated friend, Colin Hanks. How you been, Colin? I've been good, Rich. How about yourself? You know what? I figured uh, with the Montreal Canadiens back in the uh, Stanley Cup final 
for the first time since taking on your Los Angeles Kings back in 1993. I figured, let me get you on to tell me the story. I've never, I've met a, a handful of people who talk about this, but none as passionately as you do, Colin. Well, everybody, just Google digital fireplace and gather around <laughs> the warmth of your digital screens as I tell you a tale. <laughs> Okay, about you've got the what floor. what was once referred to as the curse of Marty McSorley, hmm. but in fact is the curse of an entire nation. <laughs> Everybody knows that hockey is essentially Canada's baseball. Yes. It is the national pastime. There is no other sport that even comes close uh, to the, uh, uh, to the uh, Canadian people than, than the sport of hockey. Mm-hmm. Here's what you need to know about the 1993 finals, because we got to look, we, we got to look back before we can look forward. Absolutely, that, Colin. No the Stanley Cup final. That's right. Not the final. <laughs> final. Yes. Very important Singular. distinction. Very important distinction. Singular. Yes. So in 1993, there's a couple of things that you need to remember. First off, the Los Angeles Kings had Wayne Gretzky, which was by far Canada's most important export. Although Other no than- one wanted to export. Wayne Gretzky, with the exception of Peter Pocklington, the owner of the Edmonton Oilers. Yes, sir. And with Wayne Gretzky came a defenseman by the name of Marty McSorley. Now, this guy was a bruiser. This guy was, 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 a, was a big dude. This guy wore goalie-sized jerseys so that he could get them off quicker during a fight. <laughs> <laughs> so Marty McSorley comes to Los Angeles with Wayne Gretzky, and they play, and the Kings all of a sudden become contenders. They become really great. There's a couple of really interesting things that happen just from a statistical kind of like fun standpoint in 1993. In 1993, the Los Angeles Kings make it to their first final. The Canadians make it to their, I believe it was like their 34th final. Okay, There is no organization in North American sports that has more titles than the Montreal Canadiens. That's correct. Nice try, New York Yankees. I know that. That's the only one that comes within even hailing distance. Yes, exactly. Right. So, But here's, here's the funny thing. That season was the 100th anniversary of the Stanley Cup, which was originally called the Dominion Cup of Canada. And it was named after Lord Stanley, who was in charge of the Dominion of Canada. And the Los Angeles Kings needed to beat three other Canadian teams in order to get to the final. In the, in the, uh, the, the, the semifinal, the, the, the Western Conference final, um, although it wasn't the Western Conference at the time. This is the days of the old uh, uh, Smythe division and whatnot. Yes, sir. They beat the, the Los Angeles Kings beat the Toronto Maple Leafs. Now, everyone in Canada, literally Everyone in Canada wanted the Habs versus the Leafs in the final. That would have been the most Canadian thing ever to occur <laughs> in the history of Canada. That would have driven that, – that would have literally – there would be no more Labatt's to be sold. There would be no more Molson. All of the Canadian beer would, would be sold and everyone would be glued, glued to their sets. But that didn't happen because the Los Angeles Kings beat the Maple Leafs, and they ended up playing in Montreal for games one and two. They beat the Canadians in game one. And in game two, they're going into the final two minutes of the game mm-hmm. with a one-goal lead. 
And it's looking pretty good. It's looking like they're about to go back to Los Angeles with a two games to zero league in the Stanley Cup Finals. That's going to be pretty, pretty tough to beat. But here's what happens. About two minutes left in the game, the Montreal coach pulls aside the referee and says, I want to measure Marty McSorley's stick. That's Jacques Demers, famous, Jacques the Demers, famous Jacques Demers. Right. Yes. Now, when we say measure the stick, we mean that the curvature of the blade of the stick, the, the, the part that actually touches the puck. There's a rule that says that there, the curvature cannot exceed a certain measurement. And I'd never seen this before, but they pulled out some sort of weird rudimentary device. Yes that measured the curvature of Marty McSorley's stick, and it turns out he was indeed playing with an illegal stick. He goes to the sin bin for two minutes. Canadians pull Patrick Waugh from the net. They have a six-on-four. Not only do they score a goal within the final two minutes of the game, they score another goal within the final, uh, within, uh, uh, I believe, the the opening minutes. Yes, the opening minute, 50-some-odd seconds in. Eric Desjardins lights the lamp. And and heart uh, hearts break uh, in Southern California. Uh, everyone rises in jubilation in Montreal and a majority of Canada, with the exception of probably Toronto, because they <laughs> would just want to see the Habs lose at all costs. <laughs> and uh, what ends up happening is Montreal ends up winning uh, all, all the rest of the games. <laughs> they come back to Los Angeles, they win the next uh, the next games, and then they uh, they win the cup in Montreal. So. For years, as I was growing up a massive L.A. Kings fan, this was the curse of Marty McSorley. It was the curse of Marty McSorley's stick. If he had only not played with that curved stick, maybe we would have won the Stanley Cup. But, but Colin Hanks, uh, it's not just that. It's, there's still, to this day, some people who feel Demare, the coach of the Canadien, uh, was, you know, it's kind of weak to win that way. I think that's what Barry Melrose kind of said first blush after the game uh, in game two, and also that he might have had some sort of mole within the Los Angeles Kings locker room to know which sticks were in fact illegal. That they, they, It wasn't just by the eye test to see what McSorley was using in game one and early in game two, that they they knew, they, they knew for sure that if that was the stick chosen, it would be the one that would be illegal. That is correct. I believe Barry Melrose was quoted as saying, Barry Melrose would not have made that call. <laughs> and I'm telling you right now, Colin Hanks would not refer to himself in the third person like <laughs> He's that. He's done. But yes, there was actually, um, years <laughs> later, Luke Robitaille, who was uh, uh, one of our Hall of Famers for the Los Angeles Kings, who is still with the organization, he says that at, uh, uh, at one point a, a cop had come up to him in Montreal saying, I've got to get something off my chest. You know, they were measuring your guys' sticks in between periods before the games. And, in fact, there, there, there was a rumor that the, the, the Habs even went so far as to pull the, the King's stick box into their locker room mm. and measure the sticks. So they knew that Marty was playing with an illegal stick, and Marty actually says there were a bunch of players that played with illegal sticks. Um, so they were kind of sitting and waiting for the moment to, to, to sort of pull that card. And uh, apparently uh, Jacques Demers uh, would have made that call because he did. Colin Hanks here on the Rich Eisen Show. And to put a full button on this as to why we're discussing this right now, prior to game one of the Stanley Cup final tonight, 
between the Lightning trying to repeat and the Montreal Canadiens is that a Canadian team, not just Montreal, a Canadian team has not won the Stanley Cup since that 1993 championship. That is correct. And that is why actually the curse of Marty McSorley has now become the actual curse of the, 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 the dominion of Canada, the nation of Canada. Because not only has no team won, um, but, you know, the, 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 the number of Canadian teams have actually, the, the percentage of Canadian teams, I should say, has gone yes. down within the league. In 1993, they were 33% of the league. Now they're down to 23% of the league. And not a single one of them has been able to win the Stanley Cup since 1993. The Canadian, correct. Not the Canadians, the mm-hmm. Canadian. Canadian. So uh, this might be the most important question of this interview, Colin, and maybe the most important question I've ever asked you because it's a crucial one. And it also looks into the window of your soul, Colin Hanks, because... I'm a Sagittarius and never on Sunday. <laughs> Outside of all that, um, since 1993, you've become a well-rounded man, Colin. Uh, you got married. You have children. Uh, you you have a uh, terrific career acting. You've got more now than you had in 1993. Are you still rooting for the Lightning to keep this Canadian curse going, Colin Hanks? All these years later, how you much know, spike do you have really in your system? Hard yeah, because I want to say yes, of course. Let's keep this curse going. Mm-hmm. There, there is part of me that, 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 that loves that because this is one of my favorite stories. <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted to do a 30 for 30 about this. Yes. I, there's just something about this, all of the conspiracy theories, the ins and outs, all of the simple facts about it I find just, just completely enthralling. But at the same time, mm. I do love Canada. I am an adoptive uh, son of Canada. Mm-hmm. I can sing O Canada uh, in record time. I can name almost all of the CFL teams. I indeed love Molson's and Labatt's. Um, but I got to say, I think I'm rooting for, uh, for the Habs in no this one. Kidding. It's only because of young Tyler Toffoli, former Los Angeles Nicely fan, who's now done. playing for uh, the Canadians. Okay. And plus, you have gone to a Grey Cup final? Finals I have, yes. With, I've gone to a great with, cup final. With Martin Short, correct? With Canadian son, Martin Short. <laughs> I mean, so your your credentials are ironclad. I, mean, I, uh, look, that's I may not be 100% French-Canadian, uh, you know, uh, uh, I, 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 I just love Canada. I'm uh, sure. They're great people. Anybody who says, I've seen a 55-yard line with Martin Short, I think it can... can just doesn't you? You've done enough. That's a mic drop. That's just drop. The mic. I was rooting for a rouge, but I didn't get one. Mm-hmm. That's a two pointer, right? When you punch something in the end zone, the ball goes in the end zone. Is that what that I is? think so. I think if someone <laughs> could just turn the digital fireplace off and Google yeah. that for me, I would be greatly appreciated. Colin Hanks here on the Rich Eisen Show. All right, before I let you go, how about your San Francisco Giants, Colin? How about I that? am What's going shocked. On? Fifty wins. Five. I am so excited. Mm. I'm seeing them tomorrow night Ah. at Chavez Ravine against the Doyers. Okay. I am just enjoying this ride. I don't know how long it'll last, but, man, this is uh, exciting baseball. I don't know if you're aware. Are you aware of what tomorrow, Tuesday night, is at Chavez Ravine? Oh, oh no. What is it? It is Max Muncy uh, go get it out of the ocean bobblehead night (laughs) where it's, it's him pointing at uh, pointing him at the bay where he he landed in McCovey's Cove off of 
uh, Madison Bumgarner years ago and pointed saying, go get it out of the ocean. Oh. That's what that's it's. So you're going to I don't know what you're going to do with this bobblehead. Were they referring to the three championships that we won last Mm -hmm. decade? No, I don't don't think they were. Nope. He's just referring to the baseball that he hit off of Madbone. That's all baseball. (laughs) Just that one baseball. I mean, we hit him into the bay all the time. Oh, so you'll be there tomorrow night. Very I'll good. I'll be there tomorrow night. I'll be behind home plate. I'll wave to you, Richard. Oh, will you tug on your ear, Carol Burnett style or something? Or Like every pitch? <laughs> uh, and before I let you go, how is the uh, the offer doing? You're, you're, you are in the uh, show that is about the making of The Godfather, correct? There has never been a limited series that uh, men are more interested in. <laughs> than the making of the godfather show yes and we're honestly we're actually just starting we start we start rehearsals uh this evening actually in fact uh, but no it, i'm really excited you know it's a, it's a limited series it's going to be on paramount plus it's all about the making of the godfather a film that uh pretty much every dad loves and adores mm-hmm. um and it's going to be it's going to be really fascinating dexter fletcher is an old friend of mine from band of brothers he's directing it uh he's a great guy very very talented dude and we've got an incredible cast of uh, uh of people playing a really really interesting group of characters and it's actually a really fascinating uh insight into the miracles it requires to just make a movie no never mind make kidding. a make a classic one so and it, it should be exciting and your role in it is what again you told I me i am playing an amalgamation of every single person that didn't think the godfather should be made <laughs> so you're that guy you're a compilation of that guy i'm a compilation of everyone said that's a horrible idea but said it with a smile <laughs> So, you know, oh I'm on the goodness. wrong side of history, but I'm completely made up. So that's good. But uh, you have been before when you were in all those drunk histories, too, Colin. So you, Correct. But this one, you're sober. You're sober this in this one, one. This one, this one, I am sober, but the narrator is still drunk, which is a little oh, bit concerning. Oh, my gosh. All right, Colin. Uh, enjoy uh, Chavez Ravine. Uh, you're all, the, the only 50-win team in baseball right now are the San Francisco Giants. Amazing. And they've, uh, they, they're, so enjoy that and enjoy the cup, and let's chat soon. This Sounds was fun. Good, my friend. You're the Take best. Care. At Colin Hanks on Twitter and Instagram. I follow him. You should as well, right here on The Rich Eisen Show. Uh, you know who doesn't have 50 wins? The Yankees. They don't have 50 wins. <laughs> um, and we're going to talk about that with a man who's particularly pissed off about it. Uh, our friend Nick Turturro in person. That's next right here on this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. Of course, we'll talk about baseball as a whole because he's a diehard Major League Baseball fan. And aren't we all Nick Turturro when we come back? Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. Or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. 
Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It's good to see you where you're probably, you're, you're sitting in a rocket chair for the next four or five days. The Yankees just swept the Twins last night. It's okay. I can enjoy this victory. You know, I, I earned it. I'm working hard. Like I said, I don't just root. I'm, I prepare during the day. I'm, you know. Wait, wait a second. What do you mean you prepare during the day? Well, I prepare day? mentally. I have to get ready. You know what I mean? I have to get ready, you know, I have to do my preparation. I got to get in the right frame of mind. I got to be ready for the game. So when the game comes on. Yeah. There's no distraction. And I got to get it in the right seat, maybe have the right T-shirt. Like lately, I've been wearing a, a Yankee T-shirt. It's been working. Mm-hmm. Usually, I don't like to wear anything with the logo on it. Sometimes I feel like that's a jinx. But this has been working. So you're you're a type of guy that figures if it's not going the Yankees' way, it's because of the way you're sitting or what you're wearing. You oh, yeah. You li- literally believe that. Oh, yeah. I literally believe that. Like somebody can walk in the room and I'll go like, who's this guy? <laughs> He might turn the whole the game. Cooler. The cooler right. walks in the room. It does. It, it, you got to be careful. And like one time, my brother-in-law was sitting in a chair against the Red Sox, and the guy hit a bomb. And then he came the next night, and I said, "You sat there last night?" And he goes, "Yeah." I go, "No, to sit over here." He goes, "I can't sit here." I said, "Sit over there. You were there last <laughs> night. You screwed everything up." <laughs> so that's family. They treat your brother-in-law. I don't care. I don't care if it's a brother-in-law. You know what I mean? I mean, I throw my hat sometimes when I get mad. That might turn it. And I go, "All right, leave the hat." Drop the baseball. <laughs> Leave the baseball. I, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you. Like last night, I brought out the broom, and Chapman was starting to sweat me out. Right. I go, get that broom out of here. Get the broom out of here right now. Don't fool around right now with the mojo. <laughs> I can, you know, I, I can do that in my house. When I'm at the stadium, at least I'm with people like me that I can relate to, so I don't have to do that. <laughs> It's harder to watch than to participate because you have no control. It's like on an airplane. You, your life, you could die. You're like, you know, you go like that when you land and whatever. <laughs> so you're out of control. At least when you're acting or you're doing the scene, right. it's you. Right. You can screw it up or, you know, you have control of it. But I feel like I could turn things sometimes. I just feel like if I'm there, like even with the, the Astros, I feel like if I go to H-Town, I could beat those Cowboys right in that stadium. Somehow my mojo, I almost did it once in 2001 in the, in the Diamondbacks, Game 7. Yeah. It was working. It was freaking working. People were calling me when Soriano hit a homer. Yeah. I said, don't jinx it. They go, you're doing it. You're doing it. I said, I know. I know. <laughs> and then there was that stupid bunt where Mariano threw the ball to second. 
Never should have did that. Changed the whole inning. It did change. I was the whole almost in tears. Imagine driving back in the desert. Five hours after a lost game seven like that. You're in tears, huh? Oh, yeah. Some guy goes, wow, you're a real fan. I said, yeah, I know. <laughs> that was in 2019 during the playoffs. And now back here on NBC Sports on Peacock, 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. And we are back here with our radio stations on the Rich Eisen Show with the Yankees um, losing the way that they have and the pure mediocrity of the of the team on the field. Sometimes I will uh, see my Twitter feed and sometimes I'll get it on my text and it's the same all caps, (laughs) very angry man. And I'm like, okay, let's get him on here together. You and I are going to work this out. Nick Turturro here on the Rich Eisen Show. Diehard Yankee fan and uh, somebody whose career work I loved on NYPD Blue and everything else you do. Good to see you, Nick. You too, buddy. I wish it was under better circumstances. Oh, well, you know what? We're here though. I know. We're here. Um, I know what's wrong with the team. What do you think that's wrong with the team? I think the team is just, uh, they're built wrong. I think they, you know, it's been heading that way since 18. 17, I thought we had some great mojo. We had Greg Bird, a left-handed hitter. We had Didi Gregorius. We even had the the God Todd Father. We had some chemistry. Mm -hmm. And then we made this bad trade for Stanton, which I think is the beginning of everything that went wrong. The balance of the team has been out of whack for a couple of years now. I don't know why they don't see it. We see it. I see it. You see it. What's the problem? What's the problem? We haven't won a championship since 09. We've basically had one championship in 20 years. People are like, be quiet. You're spoiled. Not spoiled. Not spoiled. I became a Yankee fan in 73 when they sucked. They won in 77, 78. All right. I had a run in the 90s. We had droughts 18 years from 78 to 96, right? Yeah. Now we had one token championship. The Red Sox have kicked our ass. 04, 07, 13, 18. The Rays are kicking our butt. Other teams, the Astros. I mean, come on. We've become very content with being like somewhat relevant. We're a right-handed, one-note team. That is a that is that is a fact, and wouldn't that be incredible, Chris Brockman, if uh, Mr. Tuturo is spot on here? That uh, the Stanton trade is what began to unravel or make it even more one dimensional, and my my friend across the aisle, Chris Brockman, hmm. and the rest of New England, the only word for it was bitching up a storm, and complaining <laughs> that Jeter handed the a Yankees words. a yeah. gift wrap in Stanton. Yeah. And it was you. Were, you were saying it was well, Jeter was doing a favor to his old team. Yeah, man, you know? it, it reeked of Kevin McHale doing Doc Rivers a favor, sending Kevin Garnett to the Celtics. You know, and then the championship incurred. Uh, it just seemed like it was. Hey, you take this awesome guy who hits fifty home runs and is an MVP, but he has fallen off a cliff. Well, I don't know when he cooks with gas, though. I mean, it, which he'll he'll spike and do it, you know, and then invariably he'll get hurt, or then. Uh, you know, and then interleague play happens and, and he doesn't play for, for a week or yeah. what have you. But you don't know a guy till you know him. You don't, like you don't know a woman till you live with her. You might fall in love and then you live with the woman and you go, oh my God, it's a nightmare. You know what I mean? You got to look at somebody day to day. You got to watch them all the time to know what they are. And I never saw this guy. He's sexy. He hits the ball further than anybody. Yeah, he's powerful. But there's a flip side to that. And the flip side isn't good. He's not consistent. He's a strikeout waiting to happen. When he's good, he's good. But, you know, you can't 
You can't count on him. You can't really just say, hey, this guy is going to fight. He's going to get his bat on the ball. He's going to, you know, he's a good fit. I mean, if we would have got the other guy, Yelich, you know, Jeter really stuck it to us. And that contract. <laughs> I mean, I hate to say that. Jeter, of all people, said, here, take him. Of course. Take him. Yelich was out there. He gave Yelich away. Yeah. Yelich would have been perfect for this team. Could you imagine this team with Yelich? And they had Didi. And they could have went out this offseason and got, I was talking about this yesterday with Jeff Nelson. Schwarber was out there. Schwarber for no money. Who would have been a dynamite hitter, a great DH. At the short porch there? Yeah. Would have been a monster. But then he's also another one of those guys, though. I like, understand. But you know, Nick DeTuro here in the Rich Eisen Show. And I was saying the other day, and because you know, I know you're you're a diehard Yankee fan, but you love the sport. You see all the you see a, you see all the games. You right. see as much as you can. Uh, just building a team. I would now build a team where it's contact. That's all you got to do. You have to put the ball in play. If you strike out, it is a walk of shame to come back to my dugout and look at me. Right. You know, and the rest of the team. Like I want. I want people who are going to put the ball in play. I mean, a perfect example. You know, are was what the Red Sox did. Mm-hmm. I, I think the Red Sox put a, a handful of runs on the Yankees this weekend. Didn't even get the ball out of the infield, but they made yeah, made contact. 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 And you know, they made the Yankees made- make plays. I mean, the Rays, the Rays are just a king of making contact. I mean, you know, obviously, a Rosa Arena strikes out a lot, but there are everybody has one or two players these days that strike out a lot. But you gotta put the ball and play the San Francisco Giants at fifty wins. I just don't even know who's on it. that team. But but it, if they who's it, on that team? I don't know. <laughs> But they won 50 games. Buster I don't Posey, even like that Posey, manager. No, but no. Buster Posey, all right. They got Carl yeah, Finn, uh, who's you know that I mean? guy Belt from the yeah, old Brand, winning team. But other than Belt, that, yeah. I couldn't tell you who's on that team. No. Look, yeah, at yeah, yeah, Look at the Padres. Look at the Padres. The A's. The A's are a fun team. I was giving them love, and they were writing articles. Oh, they're giving, Totoro's giving the A's love, and he's, he's complimenting, uh, you know, Melvin. And I go, yeah, they're fun to watch. This team, I want to love them. I want to fall in love. I can't fall in love with them. You know what I mean? I'm trying. I'm really trying. They're a bad watch. I've seen bad Yankee teams that were fun to watch. They were fun. They had some romance in them. They had something. They had somebody on the team I really liked. You know, I still love Judge. I mean, I like LeMayu, even though he's not having a great year. But this team is is all wrong. They got to start over. There's your tweet. That's it. I had to turn it off 8-2. I cannot watch until heads roll. So you do know that the Red Sox added another run, right? Yes, I did. Yeah. I mean, I'll say that I'm never going back, but I'm a sick person that way. I'm like, I'm done. And my daughter's like, didn't you say you were done? I said, yeah, "Yeah, I know. What I say is one thing. How I feel is another. (laughs) Okay? That's a line from the honeymooners. What I said about Norton is one thing. How I feel about him is another. And that's true in life. You know, a lot of times you might say, I hate you. I hate your guts. But me deep down, you know, I love her. I still love you. You know what I mean? But but you, you're just angry. You're upset. You're just angry. It's a moment. Yeah, thing. listen, moment I want thing. them to win. I want them to do it. And these guys on tour, oh, you're a front runner. You're fair weather. Up yours. I'm a front runner. I'm a true fan through thick and thick. I just call it the way it is. And I say it in a harsh way now because I'm frustrated. That's all. I just want to see them play better, even if they don't win. You know, lose with dignity. Go down fighting. See, that's the whole thing, too. Nick Totoro here on the Rich Eisen Show. It's just, I, I don't know what it is. Like, I, and this is a New York thing. Do you remember Kevin McReynolds used to play for the Mets? The Mets. You remember him, right, TJ? Yes. Yep. Right? And and he didn't have a pulse. He didn't have a Met fans would go crazy. You know, and, and those people don't do well in New York. No, no. matter, I, I, I want to see someone like O'Neal take a bat to a Gatorade, you know, 
can. Yeah. And like what what you know, um, Brett Gardner yeah. did. The Savages in the Box. Aaron Boone Mad- from two yeah. years ago. Like there doesn't seem to be any sort of anger about what's going on. There's- like. No personality you know, on this team. You see the Red Sox throwing a guy through the, the wheeling a guy through the cart. dugout. Yeah. The Padres have the big thing, a big thing around their neck. Come on, we need somebody with some personality. Who who is this team? That's what I mean. Who's what are they? Who are they? I mean, I'm not in the dugout. If they put me as a bad honorary bat boy or something <laughs> like that, maybe I could do something. I'd love to see that. That would be something. I know that a woman wrote a letter in 1960. She's getting that. That should be me. I should get that shot. For everything I've done, I was almost a bad boy in 77. Long story. And it didn't work out. What do you mean? Well, there was a kid in my school. He was a bat boy. Sarandria. He was a Yankee bat boy in 77. Like when when Reggie was there? Yes. Listen to this story. I was at St. Agnes Cathedral. And everybody said... I didn't know the kid. He was from Rosedale, and he was the Yankee bat. He didn't even care that he had the job. What? Yes, he just, it, to me, it didn't seem like he appreciated it. <laughs> he was probably born into it. So anyway, they said, Sarandria is looking for it. And everybody said, you got to go get this guy, uh, Nick DeTuro. So I tracked the guy down. I said, hey, I heard that, the, do you understand that I'm, in, I'm interested? I said, you know, he goes, I would, I would recommend you, but they want a black kid. I said, what? I said, I'm the wrong color. I was like, I just tell him I'm mixed, anything, whatever. <laughs> I should have did my DNA. So that, that was, and the kid that got the job, he didn't even care. They fired him, whatever. I was dying. I saw him at third base. I was like, that should be me. I should be on the field. I should have that job. Ooh, 77, you know? too. So and I missed out. You know, I know there's this girl who wants to be a bad boy from the 60s, but I'm like, I'm available. You know what I mean? I, I think mean, you could change the tide, Nick. I think I could help. It couldn't hurt. It couldn't hurt. You know what I mean? A little mojo. What do they got to lose? What do they got to lose? Brian Cashman, Boone, all these guys. I'm out there. That's all. I put it out there. I don't but, know. You know, maybe I'm not. I'm too too wild for them or something. <laughs> I don't know what the problem is. I think that might be it. Yeah. You'd have more personality than anyone on the team right now. That's true. That's true. And that's what sad. Do you, what do you think of all the checking pit? Are you concerned that Cole is not going to be the same now because the, the spider tax gone? I don't know what how. Do you think of that with all the checking of the pitchers and stuff. I'm like a little that. concerned. I think they should have did it in the middle of the season, and I don't know what they were doing, and I don't understand this whole sticky thing, and I don't know to what degree, you know. And it's it's sort of stupid that they're doing it now, you know. Maybe these guys were abusing it. I don't know how bad it was, but I am a little concerned. I mean, they should have did it in the beginning of the year, not the middle of the year. MLB, they they're always trying to be, you know, slick. They're always trying to do things, but. Yeah, worry about the guys calling strikes. They can't even call a strike these days. Have you seen the strike zone? It's, it's, I watched actually an Oriole Blue Jay game big. yesterday. Jim Palmer nearly, where, wherever he was calling the game, I don't know if, I, I doubt he was in Buffalo where the Blue Jays are playing right now. I doubt if, if he was, um, he's probably in his house. He was ready to jump out and hit. Like it, there were two balls that were, two, two strikes that were called balls. I mean, obviously what happened to the Yankees in the last time they played the Red Sox in the Yankee Stadium and Sunday night baseball was terrible. I don't know. I, I, you know, it, 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 it's obviously a more diff. It's a, it, the job's more difficult to do. Certainly, when they're now actually, they, 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 uh, they threw out uh, a pitcher for the first time. Yeah, Did so you see they, that? Yeah, Got the Mariners. Yeah, the Mariners, right? So, they said it was rosin. Yeah, and, and then rosin. Hector Santiago was rosin in his glove. Yeah, he said I, I only used rosin. I had it on the inside of my glove because it was really hot, and I didn't want the sweat dripping off my hand. And how about Girardi? Using it against Scherzer in the middle of an inning. Yeah. Well, Girardi's a little tightly wound.
Yeah. <laughs> That's one way of putting it. You don't want to fight that dude. <laughs> he will kick ass. But Scherzer, though, is also someone you don't want to mess with. Scherzer don't scam me. Girardi's a killer. <laughs> He's a killer. That guy is tightly wound. With you his binder? Seen, oh, who, what? With his binder? He's writing oh, writing his down binder, his notes. Yeah. yeah. His binder doesn't make him any more relaxed. He needs a good massage. <laughs> Somebody needs to rub his neck. <laughs> Because he's like this, Joe. You know, I threw out a pitch to him in the spring training, 96. Okay. I sat with George Steinbrenner. I did all these commercials for ESPN. They're legendary commercials. It was a guy playing Abe Lincoln and me, revitalizing baseball. And I was, they're great commercials. It was like the funniest crap ESPN ever did. And you got to find it somewhere. Okay. It's me on the road. And anyway, I was in Tampa. They opened up the Legends Field. And um, they let me throw out a pitch, uh, I think I threw like a cutter or something. Cone was like, wow, and Girardi caught the ball. I didn't know who Joe Girardi was. It was a nice pitch. I didn't, I didn't blow it, you know. And then I sat with George. I was actually, I was on, you know, the TV show, and I'm sitting with Steinbrenner. It was amazing. He had a windbreaker on. He says, you know, we got big things about this kid Jeter, Nick. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I've heard about him. I was like, what an amazing day. What an amazing four days of shooting like these baseball commercials. And then my agent at the time, Marty Lisak, funny guy, he wanted me to get him. bats. You know Marty. Sure. He's and, a diehard uh, Yankee fan. Crazy. He calls me every, what are we going to do, baby? <laughs> what are we going to do, honey? I go, Marty, what do you Say something. Go out there and say something. I go, Marty, I am saying stuff every day. Yeah, does he not see you? No, he, he doesn't watch stuff. He, he's like, well, what happened? What do you mean, what happened? Are you not watching the game? Did you not watch my Twitter? Uh, you know, he's hilarious. Oh so he was like, did you get me the bat? Did you get a bat? I got the bat. Don't call me 3 o'clock in the morning to find out if I got you the bat. So I Steinbrenner got, gave you a bat and everything like that? Uh, so. All the guys I did commercials with, Barry Larkin, Darren Dalton, they all gave me bats. You know, Wade, Wade Chicken Boggs, who <laughs> I did one. Because when they won in 96, they brought me on the field. You were probably there that night, Rich. And... Um, Somehow I got into the clubhouse and I was doing interviews for some Westchester station. I had no voice. They were like, do interviews. And I was interviewing like the Yankee players. And uh, it was hysterical. That was in 96. Well, Girardi hit that triple to wrap that wrap the series up. Yeah. The, the Yankees winning four in a row against the, some of the big pitch. We got Tom Glavin calling into the show in a couple of days. I think we'll, we'll probably neglect to bring this up to him. But, you know. I mean, that was off of Maddox, if I'm not mistaken. I'm sure Greg they Maddox had. in Game Six, Girardi had a triple. Yeah, that that put the, put the thing away. in the ice. Put yeah, in the in the it was all iced after that. Oh, that was Girardi's moment. I mean, that place that was, was it? rocking that night. Rocking. I mean, they they lost the first two. They won the next three. I stayed till Saturday night. Uh, we were shooting exteriors. <laughs> it was a week, be, uh, a week that I'll never forget. What a, I mean, the other day, you know what killed me when a guy tagged up. On a fly ball, the first, I said, this... Luke Voigt. Oh. It, it was Devers who came home. Yeah. On a fly ball. I said, I, I've had... This is it. It doesn't get any worse than well, that. I hate to tell you, man. This is... It's a five-alarm fire right now for the Yankees. Yeah, right. There's no question in my mind that they're a team that strikes out way too much, hits into way too many double plays, doesn't put the ball into play nearly enough, and I don't know how that's going to turn around unless there's the entire team has a, an epiphany and can start actually hitting... Can, you know they don't have anybody from the left side. Nobody. No, that's they it. don't have anybody after Cole. I mean, you know Montgomery and Tyone and whatever. Oh, Tyone, and, I don't want to hear. I mean, about no, that I'm, I'm saying like yeah. they don't they, like you know Yankees used to be two, three, four deep. They don't yeah. have that those guys anymore. Tanaka. I never thought I'd be wondering where Tanaka is. 
Uh, you know, and, and then when it all comes down to it, I'll be very honest with you. You know, you mentioned Steinbrenner's name, and, and he was the bane of, of my world when Mattingly, who's on tomorrow's show. I mean, Don, what, what, what Steinbrenner did to Mattingly, I wanted him out. And then when, Don, when, when Steinbrenner went away is when the Yankees finally were able to just turn to stick Michael and Bob Watson and let them do their thing. Right. And Cashman was learning at their side. And that's when the Yankees with Tory put it all together for all those years. And for me, you know, I, I'm, I, I never thought I would say this. They need somebody like Steinbrenner to yeah. come back and kick somebody's ass. They do. That, you know, not every team needs that. But, I, like, what happened this weekend would be, a, you know, right now it's just like, okay, we'll see what happens tonight. Because right. we'll see somebody's exit velocity will take care of it. And the spin rate will get to where it needs to be. Right. And that's the way it sort of seems to be right now. I know. It's like they, they've, they've accepted being a mediocre baseball team. And that, you know, this is the team, but we believe in them. Right. And I'm like, it's not working, man. It's not, And it's not going to change. You know, no miracles are going to happen. I realize it now. I'm not going to get excited. I don't care if they try to suck me in and try to get me up in the air because they're always going to let me down. So I'm not buying it no more the rest of the season. Are you serious? Are you not watching games? No, I'll be watching. I'll be watching. <laughs> I, I say I'm not watching, but don't believe that. That's, okay. You know, that's that's... That's not really true. All right. Well, let's take a break. We'll come back and we'll finish the show with you. You're wearing a fantastic shirt. Looks like it's a Smalls Hawaiian shirt right there from the Sandlot. I can't wait to get in on all that. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I, I think there's been like a Nick Turturro spinoff on uh, social media. <laughs> I wouldn't call it a spinoff. Uh, no, okay. <laughs> cool? I, I, I just We, we got to talk about this and yeah. uh, we'll be back with the great big Nick Turturro next on the Rich Eisen Show. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least the partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. We had uh, Jerry uh, on the show just a couple weeks ago, Larry, and I asked him, how come Steinbrenner himself never appeared on Seinfeld? And he said, Steinbrenner shot a scene, but it was so bad you cut it. Is that a true story? True story, yeah. What was so bad about it? 
We brought him out, I think, for the last show of the 95 season. Mm. I'm, I'm not quite sure um, when it was, but um, he flew out on his private jet to do the show mm -hmm. and flew back that day. And okay, he did it. And uh, then I, I go into editing and I'm watching the show. And oh my God, he was so awful. <laughs> He was so bad. It was, you couldn't use it. It was much better from behind with my voice, <laughs> you know, than actually seeing the real, the real guy doing it. Right. So that was a scene where he was with Costanza? With, he with... was with Elaine in a restaurant, I think. Okay. And um, I had to call him up and tell him he was cut. <laughs> How did that go? I called Yankee Stadium. I said, it's, uh, I want to talk to Mr. Steinbrenner. It's Larry David. He got on the phone. <laughs> I said, uh, um, Mrs. Steinbrenner, it's Larry David calling from the Seinfeld show. Yes, yes, Larry, what is it? I said, um, I said, I'm, I'm sorry to tell you this. He said, come on, you can tell me. I'm a big boy. I can take it. But you, know? well, you slipped right back in that voice. Yeah, like right. I bike. slipped right back in, right. And I said, I'm, you know, I've been cut from the show. And uh, I, I said, it's, it's not your fault, but it's just the, end of the scene wasn't working. And uh, that was it. How do you take it? <clears throat> He was a big boy. He took it well. <laughs> so he, yeah. he told you how he was going to take it. And he and, actually, and, took, and it and well. actually took it. Yeah. George Steinbrenner and Elaine. Wow. I would never have guessed. I would have thought mm. that there would have to have been a Costanza George moment. I, right I there. know there was an Elaine scene. I don't okay. know. If there may have been a George scene. I'm not right. sure. I don't remember. How did you enjoy playing Steinbrenner? Did you have a blast doing that? Oh, yeah. It was fun. Yeah. I had a, I had, yeah. What's I your had favorite fun. one where you were Steinbrenner? What was it? I think probably something. I remember the calzones. The calzones. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> that yeah. George had to get the calzones. Yeah, the calzones, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's as great as it gets, man. Remember, I mean, B Bernie Williams, Danny Tartable. Yeah. Right? Danny Tartable. They all, yeah, Tartable had a, a scene, right? Yeah. What was that? Wasn't that the one where, where, where George was taking batting practice, right? He was right? teaching them uh, how to hit home yeah, runs. Right. <laughs> And then, and then he changed the uniforms. He made, he made them cotton. Right. And, and Wade Boggs what a, quoted, what a fabric. Luis Polonia. Paul O'Neill oh, split wow. his pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He quoted Luis Polonia. Oh, my God. What a name from the Yankee past. Great name. Oh, man. That was from back in the day, Larry David, four years ago. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show with our radio. Um, uh, back here on NBC Sports on Peacock. Nick Turturro, uh here uh, in studio to wrap up the show. What's that? shirt you're wearing is that, so, that's like a hawaiian shirt yeah, it's right? a it's just it's the sandlot shirt so since you like one i'm gonna i'm gonna try well, i mean it's like I'll a hawaiian shirt where it looks like hot dogs right yeah. and and smalls yeah pointing it calling a shot right yeah judge was wearing it and that's how i then i researched it and you know because i watch fashion i'm a fashion guy okay <laughs> certain kinds of fashion you know vintage whatever okay i have a good eye so uh, it's my hobby so I saw the shirt and I said, yeah, I got to get it. I got to right. get it. So, you know, like I, I become obsessed with things. And so every time I put it on, people love it. Like, okay. I do. It's, it's, yeah. it's a choice. What are you, a lodge? I'm a lodge. Okay. Yeah. Because you're in good shape. Better Thank shape you. than me. I'm not, I don't know about that. Oh, you are. You know, I'm trying, yeah. I'm trying to it's watch myself. I'm trying to watch myself. Yeah. I could see the way you're you get it. You're younger than me. You're my wife's age. I'm 52. I know. I just, I just, I just said, my God, you're 52. I'm, I'm not. I'm, how, how old are you? you know, 59. Trying to make it to sixty. Yeah, well, you're gonna <laughs> stop I watching mean, the Yankees if you want to make it to sixty. No, no, it's bad. Other than my grandson coming in, he's been saving me. Eighteen months old, you got to see this kid swing. It's really a phenomenon. I have to send you a video of him, Santino. He's 
He's got somebody who's I've 17 months, six, right? 16, 16 months. Uh, my kid's got an amazing golf swing already. Yeah, he's got the big high finish. The yeah. little boy just like finishes high, nice yeah. and high. Did yeah. you teach him? Obsessed. Well, all we do is watch golf and baseball. So right. He's obsessed. And he's picked it up. He's picked it up. All he wants to do is hit balls in the backyard. Yeah, and his mother's a uh, big Braves fan. Big so Braves. he watches Albies and he watches yeah. Acuna and he watches Freeman. So he was watching a better team. Yeah. yeah. He's they got better pitching. Swing. They got be- they got better everything. Yeah. Now that's a baseball team. They strike out a lot. The Braves? Yeah. Yeah, they, they strike but out they, a lot. They, but they put the ball in play and they hit it out of the yard and they got young players that go out of their skulls right now. They can't pitch. That's, a, that's kind of their problem right now. Yeah, they got Max Fried over there, kid from our neighborhood. Yeah, he's hurt, though. Oh, my gosh. Um, so, uh, while you're all worked up, uh, give, me your, give me your best Caruso story. Come on now. David Caruso? Give you're obsessed one. with Caruso, right? <laughs> are you kidding me? Why wouldn't I be? <laughs> Who isn't obsessed with him? I love Caruso. I really do. I mean, uh, I, um, I took him into a pitch one time. He wrote this show called Good Cop, Bad Cop. He wrote it. He wrote it. Okay. Yeah, because he had seen, I did a pilot one year for the WB, and mm-hmm. he came to the taping, and he was moved. We should have got picked up, whatever. We got, some girl with big breasts got picked up over <laughs> us. <laughs> now, still very sore with me, because this was a great show I did. It was called Nick. It didn't have a great title. <laughs> you need a good title. Yes. Like the so, one I'm trying yeah. to sell now has a good title. I have a, a, show, a new show called Band of Idiots. That's okay. a good title. That's a great title. You know, okay. the, the Nick show was, was <laughs> not a good time, but it was a really like a modern day all in the family. And Caruso, okay. you know, came to the, uh, the taping. And he and was moved. He was moved, you know, with okay. the, the red hair. He was like, Nick, you really, you surprised me. He was like, you know, I, he always used to compliment me. Because you know, at the beginning, I, I wasn't sure when I first started with him, I'd be like, I only had a line here, a line there. I'd be like, yeah. Dave, am I okay? He was like, you're beautiful. Beautiful. Don't let anybody mess with you. I said, what? Don't let anybody mess with you. Okay. You know? Yeah. So we went and did a pitch at like UTA. And and uh, I had, you know, I started knowing how to do these pitches, you know? And it was his show. He wrote it. So I went in the room and I went wild on the agent. I was like, what do you bring to the table? I brought Caruso. I brought the script. I went wild on it. And these guys. <laughs> and he was like loving it. Loving it. The agent was like, you better back down. I said, don't tell me to back down. <laughs> I said, you're not bringing, you know, nothing to the table. <laughs> and so Caruso goes, who would have thought that Totoro was the bad guy? <laughs> you know, he loved it that I went out on a limb for him. Yeah. And, awesome. and, I, and he just sat back, you know, and he was like, man, you, you are one piece of work, you know. And, uh, but then, you know, the guy got on uh, CSI and he was like, Hey, Dave, you know, can you throw me a bone? Or whatever? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I called him up and I go, they're doing a spinoff, Dave. You know, oh, they are. I go, what do you mean they are? Come on, you know. So I loved Caruso. I still love him, but you know, he was Caruso is for Caruso. He's, he's he told me a funny story about De Niro that De Niro reamed him on Mad Dog and Glory. He said he didn't like me. I said why? Because he probably tried to step on you know De Niro, Bob's toe. I mean, you're not gonna push a guy like that around. That ain't gonna happen. So like he took him in the corner and he goes, you are. F in this movie. You are so over the top. Says what De Niro says to He's him? He's telling Caruso that. He put him in the corner. But Caruso's really good in the movie. He's like really good in Mad Dog. I mean, he played a great cop. Yeah. I was watching an old Caruso movie the other night, China Girl, and he's good in it. Him and James Russo. Um, I, I love the guy. We had great chemistry together. We had this other movie that we were going to do that he found. Yeah. 
And it never got made, but it was like a dark comedy. Because me and him, I still think could be fireworks. I don't know what it is. I'm dark. He's got red hair. We're both from Queens. Maybe that's it. He's from Queens? I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, he's a Malloy guy. So you know I, Malloy? Our bitch, our, of our course, Bishop, Bishop Malloy. Sure, yeah. You know, I didn't know that. The famous Jack well, Curran? Look, I'm, Jack? I'm, I'm obsessed with David Cruz. And Me too. Everything about it. When Me we, too. When we had our show open for, uh, for the Super Bowl in Miami. Did he come out? Not him. Oh. <laughs> Put it up on the screen. Who's, Who's that? this? That's me. That's you? That's me. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good, Rich. That's me. Do you imitate him? Oh, just... damn straight. It was great. It was a lot of fun. Oh, my gosh. It was a lot of fun. It was funny. The, you know, we were still with DirecTV and AT&T, and the, the group that puts these opens together says, we have two choices for your open that we've come up with for the Super Bowl in Miami. Right. The first one is a version of CSI Miami where you play Caruso, and I just stopped him right there. I'm like, I don't care what your other idea is. That's the one we're doing. I'm doing it. Can you give we, me a line? And we got look. Look at me right there. See? I, I want to hear one line. Can you one of the me? lines. I'm like, uh, what was? Jeez, I forget now. Oh, yeah, um, I don't remember either. You know, I think no, no. I think it's something that. like this. This is going into overtime. <laughs> something like that. Like, <laughs> well, we obviously didn't have the. We couldn't afford the Who music. Yeah. We got Rex Lynn to do his role too. Wow. We got the whole thing, man. He didn't make eye contact in that show much, right? <laughs> he never really looked at the other guy. No. And, but but his, his, and sig- his signature maneuver, though. That's brilliant. His signature maneuver was to deliver the line. So many people used to would take off the glasses and deliver the line. He would put the glasses on <laughs> and to deliver the line. That was the next level Caruso it is. maneuver. It's an exaggerated Caruso, but I think, it's, I think it's brilliant. You know, he wanted to be Steve McQueen. That's the problem. But there's only one Steve McQueen. That's right. McQueen's pretty cool. Uh, Caruso's cool too. Caruso's pretty cool. He's pretty cool. He's you know, we cool. used to go to lunch together, hang out together in his trailer. Taught me how to smoke cigars. It's <laughs> like, what's the matter with the rest of these guys here, Nick? They're not like you. He's like, yeah, they're not. But you know, I love you, Dave. You know, let's just take it easy. I go, don't quit the show. I pleaded with him. I go, that's a mistake, Dave. You don't you don't throw a character like one of the great no. yeah Bochco and Bochco the whole bit. Too. Steve Bochco was behind them to a you know to a point. You know, you didn't see James Gandolfini get rid of Tony Soprano in one year. Yeah, he was lucky he got another big show after that. Oh, I mean, that. my gosh. Oh, my God. Yeah. Something was, somebody's looking out for him. Yeah. Because when you throw that away, you, you're not never going to get another no, shot like that. Exactly. So he was a very lucky man. Yeah. You should count his blessings. I don't have that kind of luck. But what are you going to do? That's Caruso. <laughs> Nick Tituro here on the Rich Eisen Show. Thanks for coming on. My pleasure. Brother. Don't forget to plug White Claw Gabe. Oh, yeah, White Claw Gabe. <laughs> uh, we've got about a minute and a half to go. I'm sorry we went down the Caruso. <laughs> I know you love Dave. White Claw Gabe, who's like the king of TikTok, dropping F-bombs and whatever. I, I, I was introduced to his work Yes. Uh, yesterday. Your son is, the, is producing him? Is that He's what it is? the producer of him. I'm sort of his, like, you know... Confidant, uh, you know. But he runs he, by. He runs. He, he runs by his uh, takes. Yeah, he has to get all his material approved by my son. Uh, he's a very, very funny man. Probably the funniest man on social media. I knew he was funny for like twenty years, but I just didn't know how to get him there. But now my son has kind of put him in the, the right platform. Today it's all about platforms. Yes, Rich. <laughs> you need a platform. Like I don't have a real platform. That's not true. You've I have got- a little platform. I come on here on you know, Twitter, but you need a platform like. But I also don't curse like that. I do curse, but not like that. <laughs> By the way, and for people who do know your platform and your 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 takes on Twitter, yeah. uh, and maybe laughing that you don't curse like somebody else, it's true. You don't curse. That 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 I White Claw Gabe is earmuff 
uh, territory right there. Yeah. He's fun, interesting. He's but it funny. works. He's very funny. You well, can't change what works. It, you know works, it works for this guy. For him, for it TikTok. does. Yes, it works for him. Some people are like, you're, you're trying to be like White Claw. I go, I'm trying to be like, I know the guy 20-something years. <laughs> you know my history? I made, I invented White Claw. Right. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to. I was to. White Claw before White Claw. That's right. <laughs> and I love the guy. I'm a fan. I, I'm still a fan. I'll always be a fan. That's the difference with me and some other people. Like, they're not, they lost being a fan. Like, Thanks for coming on, Nick. My pleasure, Really buddy. appreciate it. Thanks to Nick <laughs> Tituro, Colin Hanks, Michael Wilbon, Greg Cosell, and you. Donald Arthur Mattingly is on tomorrow's show, and Steve Levy after... The first game of the Stanley Cup and Roger Bennett will talk Euro Cup. That's on Tuesday. See you then.